Hello and welcome to Views from the Market, Mid-Market Private Equity and M&A Canada. My name is Mario Negro, and I'm a partner in the Private Equity and M&A Group at Steichman Alley. For today's podcast, I'd like to welcome our special guest, John Cagino. John is the Managing Director, Transaction Advisory Services at M&P. John, thank you and welcome. It's great to have you here. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Appreciate the time, Mario. John, I hope I could say this with the highest respect. You're a middle market guy. You've been doing transactions. I've been working with you for years. I want to say how many years because it'll make you probably feel older than you are, but you are a deal stalwart in our marketplace. You've been around a long time, so it's great to get your perspective. But maybe we first talk a little bit about you, your history, and then talk about you and your group at M&P, what you do. Great. Thank I appreciate the opportunity to join you, Mario. Another stalwart, right? Thanks for the intro, John Caginello. I lead the transaction services team in Toronto for MNP. I've been working here at MNP for a pretty long time, number of years. MNP is a national accounting, consulting, and tax firm focused in the mid market, entrepreneurial run businesses, offices across the country with about 7,000 people plus now, a growing firm. We have a pretty significant deals practice offering sell side, buy side, debt advisory services. Our team is well entrenched with our clients in many industries like technology, manufacturing, transportation, et cetera, and service many private equity firms as well for all their fund needs and portfolio company requirements. Typical deal size for us is 10 to 50, $75 million on average, but we handle much smaller deals in call it clinical space like dental practices and then much larger deals, which tend to be more cross-border type efforts. And then the transaction services team, which I lead, is mainly focused in providing various diligence services, quality ratings, reviews. And while my team's skill set is of financial nature, we bring in many other experts in the diligence front for HR reviews, performance improvement assessments, IT diligence, and other like services. John, I got to jump right into it because, like you said, you've been around a long time. You are a mid-market guy, true and true. I know we've worked on many deals together. This is a peculiar market. We obviously hear about things kind of calming down or slowing down, but yet in the middle market, you know, it's still active. The messaging is it seems to be from people that it's still going strong. Wanted to get a sense from you, what are you working on, what you're doing, what are you seeing in terms of deal activity? Like I say, you've been doing this a long time. So if anybody has got a good pulse on it, you do so. Yeah. So I think a lot of the market discussion revolves around people, you know, what hits the news for the most part is the larger deals that probably slowed down a bit. And we're also coming off a year like 2020, 2021, even 2022 a bit where it's, you know, deals are at exceptionally high levels. But I think we're back to kind of a normal level volume of busyness. We were pretty ramped up till the end of the year 2022. I'd say January is a little slower, but and I did see some initial results from Q1 mid-market deals in Canada that the quarter was a little lower than last year, I think 10, 20%. But for the most part, what I'm seeing March, April, we're seeing a high volume of deals coming back to the market, seeing it both on the sell side and the buy side as we do both vendor diligence reviews and buy side diligence reviews. And I think maybe the stalwart in the market, maybe in, at the beginning of the year, was really in relation to a lot of geopolitical issues. You got interest rates rising. But what's happened now, and we've seen it today, is the Bank of Canada basically held rates for the second time in a row. And what that's creating, from what I'm seeing in the market and from a lot of the buyers, is that it's creating a bit more certainty as to how much they want to pay for things, how much debt they can get, 
and allowing that valuation discussion to basically put a box around it so they can get back to the deal room, back to signing LOIs and back to closing deals with some of that certainty. John, m and is a national practice. You have a deal team yep. across Canada. I um, want to get a sense in terms of what you're seeing, size, sectors, industries, any particular trends you're seeing in terms of M&A activity, deal flow. Obviously, I'll ask you about buyers too, but yeah. that sense of what you're seeing out there, where the activity is in our world from where you sit. I'll talk about two areas where I've actually seen a bit of a slowdown. Maybe I'll start there. Number one, technology. So we've seen the significant valuation declines last year in technology. In our shop, anyways, we've seen less deals from that front because no one wants to take less money as they go through things. Only more distressed opportunities are popping up in that space that I've seen. But we have seen even the stock market come back a bit with technology businesses. So I think in the second half of this year, we'll start to see a bit more technology deals. And then the other area where I've seen a bit of a slowdown was the kind of called dental roll-ups, just clinical roll-up type operations where I've seen a little depression in valuations. So a lot of these dental practices are kind of pausing in terms of wanting to sell and so forth because they're not getting what they were a year or two, three years ago. But other than that, we've seen a lot of transportation businesses change hands. I think that comes right off the supply chain issues. A lot of robust business has happened over the last few years with transportation businesses, the way the market's been going. And then, uh, you know, in Ontario, general manufacturing, distribution, food businesses across the board. When the markets get tough, people buy Campbell's Soup. So a lot of food businesses, whether it's manufacturing, distribution, whatever it may be, have still been pretty rampant in what we're seeing. Those would kind of be the hot sectors that we've been following. John, I know you work with a lot of owner-operators. You know, this is the kind of market I know in the past we've seen the owner-operators kind of slow down and decide well, I won't sell a hold up. I noticed now we're still seeing owner operators out there willing to kind of go to market. What are your sense on if you're seeing that as well at MP? And then what do you think striving some of that? The fact that even though all these macro forces out there would suggest pause, people are still willing to go out there and we're still seeing some good deal flow. Yeah, I think a lot of people are tired coming out of this COVID environment in terms of running their business and so forth because they've had to come back into their business. I think the age demographic is still hitting us smack dab in the middle. At least the next decade, we're going to see this continued transition of businesses, of wealth, whether it's to the next generation or to you know private equity firms who have a ton of dry powder out there. So I think a lot of that is just really propelling the discussion of, you know, even if they've seen a bit of softness in the last couple months, quarter, still willing to go out there. And because a lot of private equity firms are just knocking on the door every day, right? So a lot of our clients are just getting straight offers from direct calls from buyers, even public companies that have built up some cash reserves as well. They're just calling our clients and offering up opportunities to sell their business at reasonable multiples. I mean, you and I, we live the market every day and we understand if valuations have creeped down a bit or they've gone up, but an entrepreneur who's just selling their business for the first time doesn't really see the intricate details of deals in terms of structure and all that kind of stuff. So they just sometimes have a life event that requires something to happen. So I still think these mid-market M&A deals are still going to get done as the year goes on. You had mentioned buyers. I know 
private equity, I've seen a lot of private equity firms, whether it's lower middle market, middle market, but very active. Sounds like you're also seeing kind of financial buyers generally be really active in this market. Yeah, for sure. Active. I'd say they're a bit cautious. I think most of the firms are probably seeing less books from groups like ourselves because, you know, if we have a mandate and we have the opportunity to wait a month or two to put it to market, we will. So I think now everyone's still looking for deals. We still get calls every day. What opportunities do you have for us to look at? They have to deploy capital. That's what they do. And I think even in the private client businesses that are looking to acquire it and grow, if you think about it, or even public companies, if their business has stalled a bit, they continue to have to show growth for their shareholders, or they need different opportunities to grow their business. So if their current business has stalled a bit, they're still looking for other opportunities to add to their current business. So then they can grow to the next level of where they want to go and meet their strategic plans. So there is some push and pull in regards to companies sometimes having to do some acquisitions to ensure that their business maintains certain growth curves. John, I know we haven't talked about your specialty, your transaction diligence guy. Yeah. And I definitely want to spend a bit of time talking about your expertise because I think that world has changed dramatically in the last few years with COVID and yep. all. And and so one of the things I've noticed that I'm wondering if you've been seeing it is deals are taking longer. You already mentioned it. Buyers are a little more cautious. Mm -hmm. And one of the things particularly I've noticed from a financial diligence point of view is this kind of push to get findings right up to closing. We used to close with members that were two months old. That's three months old. It was incredible. <laughs> you know, in the wild days. Now I notice people are like, literally will wait and say, nah, you know what? If it's April 30, I'll wait till May 15 so you can give me April's them. I want to get a sense of you're seeing that. What you're noticing has changed given the kind of coolness of the market and all the dynamics, what you're noticing from a transaction diligence to change. That's one of the ones I've noticed, but I want to get your perspective. You're out there every day. You answered the question well. <laughs> um, <laughs> I agree totally. Typically, numbers, you could close off two to three month old numbers. The banks were okay with that and buyers were typically okay with that. But now it's trying to get as current information as possible going into closing. I think part of it is all this recession discussion and, you know, is it ever going to happen? I don't know. Probably not. But the businesses, what we've been seeing and we've been spending more time on is the forecast. So the forecasts have been coming in lighter than typical on more deals than we've seen historically. So a lot of the vendors are not meeting what they said they're going to meet, which comes into the valuation discussion. So if you start to see that softness going into close and we've seen a few deals get renegotiated in terms of structure, right? So they put more on the back end because of this. That's why we're seeing a lot of people kind of take it right to the finish line in terms of monitoring numbers because there is some softness in there. It's not that they don't want to do the deal. They understand the dynamics of where the market is right now. A lot of the time, it's just be ultra, ultra cautious and don't walk into kind of a ticking time bomb. So forecast is one thing. I'd suggest any business where there's been a lot of soft adjustments to EBITDA in terms of normalization, there has been a lot more time spent in regards to those soft adjustments in terms of trying to prove them out. And a soft adjustment would be something like, you know, margins are gonna improve in the future because of X, or the supply chain issue that happened last year is not happening or will not happen anymore. We do not have to stock up so much more inventory we can do without it. So there's a lot of discussion items that sometimes when we're in diligence have not proved out yet, but. A lot of buyers are calling the vendors out on these a bit more versus before 
because it was a seller's market. You just closed the deal, kind of plugged your nose and you move forward. Now it's kind of like, well, I have to pause a bit here. And, and a lot of the investment committees for any larger deals and so forth, they're pushing back a lot more on the deal team on some of these things because just kind of the softness in the market, I'll call it. I've noticed materiality has also changed where, you know, it's, you, you kind of said it, but it's incredible how some of these, especially on the soft adjustments, two years ago, three years ago, you'd let a lot more go. And now it seems like even smaller adjustments, there is a real push to drill down. Is that it, is you seeing it too? And it's changed so much in the last couple of years in terms of how much they're willing to kind of let go. Or I yeah. call it the materiality thresholds have changed. Yeah, I'd more. agree. So our practice in general, diligence in general does not have a materiality level. Right. Every dollar is material. So you multiply it by seven, even ten dollars is seventy dollars. It makes a difference. But historically, just in our mind, we take a risk based approach to most of these things. And if you're off by a small percent, it's not going to change the deal. Right. People are still going to do the deal. But nowadays we're going down to the last dollar for a lot of these transactions because People are ensuring that they've made the right decision. They're not going to accept any kind of give in valuation, whether it's 1%, 5%. They're going to try and capture all of that as they negotiate the deal. So there's a little less reluctance to just accept things. So it makes us busier, adds time to our files, adds time to the closing of the transaction. Talk about working capital. Working capital is one of those prime suspects left to the end, but the art of completing working capital, especially with very, very low materiality thresholds has increased those discussions more and more and made a few transactions difficult to close because we're not able to get to the closing point for them. John, I always ask our guests, I call it the crystal ball question. It's you know where things are at, where things are going. We talked a little bit about it, but I want to get your perspective. Obviously, people are talking about the R word. They're talking about slowing down. They're talking these macro events. Are wanting to get your sense of what you and the firm see coming next six, next 12 months. What are you planning for? And obviously for where you sit, what are you looking at in terms of what's to come in terms of deal activity, in terms of busyness, in terms of market forces, what do you get a sense from where you're at? I think that the rest of the year is going to be rather positive. I think we see another year similar to 2022. I don't think we're going to take a rocket to the moon here, but the deal volume should be like 2022. I would guess, I think as I discussed earlier, the interest rates kind of hitting a level and being a bit stagnant here is going to help solidify people's views on the market. I think there's less discussion around recession. I believe that the government is intervening quite a bit to help sustain the current market levels. You saw it with SVB going under last month. Typically, that would just fail, but they found a way to make everybody whole again, which you know, a lot of our clients are thankful for. But there's conditions like that, that it seems like the government doesn't want a massive recession. And if they don't want it, they're going to engineer this kind of soft landing or allow businesses to continue on and be successful. And I am seeing in the banks as well that they're pretty comfortable with the current market and they're working with their clients a little bit more. There hasn't been significant levels of bankruptcy, et cetera, except in some areas like retail and so forth. But again, mid-market is a little different than the large cap. So I think the mid-market, you'll still have a lot of deals. You still have the evolution of people having to sell. You, you have this generational wealth transfer and you're going to continue to get things done. 
And there's people like us in the market that are going to keep doing the right thing for our clients and getting deals done. I'm going to ask you, John, when you look at your pipeline, it's good for me when you're busy. So I kind of yeah. got to ask, what's your pipeline like? Do you find activity still good? Are you seeing stuff? I mean, sellers still coming to you? It sounds like your pipeline's pretty good from the way you're talking, but I wanted to get a sense from you in terms of the pipeline of deal flow that you're bringing to market and activity you see coming up. For sure. Yeah. On the sell side, we have the opportunities to bring businesses to market. The question is, as advisors, do we actually bring them to market, right? We time them appropriately, but the opportunities are all there. Just they're like in a holding pattern. Do you do it now? Do you do it in the fall? Do you do it in the summer? Whatever it may be, depending on the industry and the client. And on the buy side, on the diligence front, we're still seeing people going through transactions. So there's definitely phone calls every day that we field and we figure out if the opportunities, you know, if we can get them done in the timeframes required, longer timeframes. So good news, we're still hiring. That should be a signal of that we're still expecting some reasonable deal flow here. John, I want to thank you for joining us. It's been great to have your perspective, both from a deal perspective and a transaction diligence perspective. It's been great getting your insight. And like I said, you are a middle market guy through and through, been doing this a long time and appreciate getting your insights into where we're at and where we're going. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Mary. I appreciate the time.